You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. The new year. Well, it comes with a new sermon series for us as well. We're going to be talking about the armor of God. And this is, I've been thinking about this series and praying about this series and it's been all over Facebook already. It's no surprise. This is what we're doing, and it is going to be an exciting study for sure. But as we look to this study and as we study it out and we look into God's word, we just need to stop, and we need to pray. We need to ask for God's help today. So let's just bow our heads and pray before we get into God's word. God, I'm just so very thankful for this new year. I'm so very thankful for this church family I'm so very thankful for your word, and I'm thankful for this time that we can come together and we can look into your word, we can study it together, and we can leave changed by the power of your word. And God, as we don't know what 2022 holds, but God, we do know that we can have the victory, and I pray that we would have that victory through the power of your son, Jesus. And I pray this in your son's name, Jesus, amen. So... On December 7th, 1941, the Imperial Japanese Army forces attacked Pearl Harbor, attacked the U.S. Navy in a date that will live on in infamy. The attack attacked eight of our U.S. battleships, sunk four of them, 188 planes were destroyed, and over 2,400 Americans lost their lives that day. And in that moment, we were at war. The surprise attack on Pearl Harbor also started and launched a new endeavor for the U.S. to find an early warning detection system because obviously what they had broke, didn't work, wasn't effective. And it wasn't until 1964 where the Grumman E-2 Hawkeye plane was born. Well, I should say produced, right? Maybe you've seen one of these planes before in pictures, but they have this big radar dish on top. It kind of looks like a huge pizza delivery service plane, right? That's the way I think. I look at it and go, it looks funny. But that's what it is, and it's an amazing piece of equipment and provides the U.S. with an early airborne, early warning system. And interestingly enough, the E-2 is still being used by our Navy today. And granted, it's been updated two or three times, okay, since 1964, but it's still being used today. And its radar capacity, get this, and this is what's at least up on the internet, uh, what they'll share with us, okay, can see in the sky and over the sea six million cubic miles. So maybe you don't use cubic miles like I don't either, okay, um, but that's 400 miles it can see. Now, just to give you a little depth of geography, the state of Pennsylvania is 309 miles wide, long, okay, and 174 miles wide. So that means if this E-2 Hawkeye gets launched in the center of Pennsylvania, it can see everything, okay, and, and, to, the, in, and to other states beyond. It's an amazing piece of equipment right there for the sole purpose of just being able to be aware to be able to see what is going on, to be able to detect danger that could be in the air or on the ground. 
Now, I was talking with a Navy seaman, and he said that uh, the E-2 on their aircraft carrier is by far um, the most important plane on that aircraft carrier. You might think it might be the, you know, the new jet. No, it's, it's this plane, this prop plane, is the most important airplane on that ship. Now, you might be wondering, why does Pastor Dan sound like the History Channel or the Military Channel? Well, it's because in reading through this study and in going through the study, I recognize something that maybe we aren't aware of, is that we are at war. We are at war. We have been attacked. And this enemy, it's really unique, okay? It has different battlegrounds than what we've ever experienced before in physical life. It had, our enemy doesn't have a country. Our enemy possesses unique weapons, skills, and techniques. And it's something I would like to call today the unseen war. Because today we are talking about spiritual warfare. We understand physical warfare, but today we're going to talk about this unseen war, the spiritual warfare that is going on in our lives. And so these next several Sundays, we're going to be talking about the armor of God. We're going to be going to Ephesians chapter 6. So I invite you to go there. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 is where we're going to start off today. But 10 through 20 hold this, the central teaching for spiritual warfare within the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible with you today, I encourage you to look at the Pew Bible there in front of you, and you can turn to page 979 to go there. Um, but this is our prayer, that in starting this series, it will prepare us to have victory in 2022, to have victory in our lives where we are being attacked, because we are all in this warfare. Now, there are a bunch of kids in here, okay? So I have a job for you. Okay, just a moment, we are going to be reading scripture where we're going to get up and we're going to see things that maybe we didn't see before. So I'd like to think this is kind of like our symbolic, we're launching our spiritual E2 off of our fighter jet, okay? So I need all the kids in here. Can you guys make an airplane noise? I got nothing. Okay, can you make an airplane noise? This is your opportunity to make noise in church. Adult, there we go. Thank you. Whatever it is you want to make, whatever sound effect you think this plane makes, eh, probably not, okay? This plane, its nickname is the Hummer, okay, because it's so noisy. So I want to hear some noise from you guys, and if, you don't have to be a kid to be a part of this, okay? So we're going to take off. If we hear no noises, we're not moving, okay? So let's go. Three, two, one, take off. Well, that was Okay. I think you cleared the deck. It didn't crash into the sea. I think we're good. It's hovering up at you know, 30,000 feet. We're all right. Thank you for participating in that with me. Youth pastor, that's my card. All right. Anyway, let's read Ephesians together, okay? Let's get into this. Our spiritual E2 Hawkeyes up there, and let's see these things that maybe we haven't seen before, these dangers that are in the skies, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12, it says, Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is our text for today. And in this text, we're going to see Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to this church in Ephesus. 
This church was housed in a place that had um, a lot of evil going on. The city that it is founded in has a bunch of darkness going on, and he's addressing this, and there's, there's very good reasons why. The first three chapters of Ephesians, he gives some really core doctrinal teaching that is, that is foundational. And then these latter three chapters, he really focuses on some very practical applications for how we can walk as Christians in a dark world. See, this whole book is beautiful and wonderful, and we're only going to be looking at the latter part of it because he says, finally, this is, I want to, I want to leave you with this. This is what I'm wrapping up with, and this is what I want you to remember, and we're really just going to focus on this today. But he gives us two commands and one reason to follow them. Okay? He gives us two commands and one reason to follow them. So the first command is this. It's a command to be strong. To be strong. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Not strong in my own ego, not strong in my own strength. No, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. What he's basically saying here is, welcome to the army. You're in the army now. And this is something we don't communicate maybe all the time as Christians, is that when you become a follower of Christ, yes, you become a child of God. Yes, there is a lot of power that is allotted to us to do these battles, which we'll talk about in a moment. But this is not a playground, okay? This is not all peaches and cream and roses without thorns. This is, this is a battle. There is a war going on here. And we need to recognize, and Paul is sharing that with us. We need to recognize that. But he says to be strong in the Lord. Now, when the conflict arises, there's typically two responses to them, fight or flight. Interestingly enough, C.S. Lewis goes beyond that. He says there's actually a third option you could do in this spiritual realm to this conflict, he says this. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So I want to address both of those points just briefly, is that it's important for us to um, be strong in the Lord. He's saying to fight, but in what way? But the other thing is, to, one way is to flight, is to run away from the situation, is to say, spiritual beings, spiritual realm, spiritual warfare, nah, I can't see it, I don't believe it. It's, it's, it's in scripture, for one thing. It's as real as Jesus, okay? Any teaching in the Bible, there's lots of spiritual warfare going on. There is lots of things outside of the physical realm and it's communicated to us through scripture. So it's a very real thing. So saying it doesn't exist and running away from this problem doesn't solve the issue. It's kind of like a kid playing hide and seek, sitting in a corner with his hands over his eyes. You can't see me. It's more than that. We need to open our eyes and be aware of what's going on. And the other danger is this fascination with this realm, this unhealthy fascination and love towards um, the spiritual realm which we want to also gravitate against because it's like a moth to a flame. Um, I see it with teenagers a lot in my years. Is just they get fascinated with this dark power and then it ends up consuming them. And we know that God's power is, is greater and stronger, but this is something we need to be aware of and fight against. So parents, please be careful with what we allow our kids to be, um, you know, a see and be involved in and teach them how um, to do battle against these forces. And the last one is fight, okay? To have a confidence and the courage to stand up against an attack. Now listen, 
It's not our strength. Remember, it's be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So this is the command from the Lord to be strong. But it's also a, a passive command in that it is a passive obedience. We actually have to allow someone else to do this for us. I think of it this way. If, as, as a child, if you were being bullied on a playground, what would you do? You, <laughs> in your flesh, you go and sock the kid, right? If you're being bullied by somebody. But if that person is bigger and stronger, what do you do? The smart thing to do is, hey, if my dad's standing right there on the other side of the playground, I'm going to go stand by him, right? Because it's an adult. It's someone much bigger and stronger. And our Heavenly Father is much bigger and stronger. That word to be strong in the strength of his might is the same word that they use, and it's in Greek, it means dynamite, that power. That same word that we have access to is the same word that raised Jesus from the dead. Meaning that if God is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, granting him victory over sin, granting him victory over death, giving him victory over the grave, then I think that we too can claim that power, that victory over these spiritual battles. Which is why I want to come back to this one thing. Because this might scare you, spiritual warfare and spiritual battles and stuff like that, but I want us to come back to this. Is that we don't fight for victory. Okay? We fight from victory. When you think of a battle that has taken place or a battle um, on the ground, typically there is a hill to take. There is a high point to take, okay? Fighting for that hill, for that victory. Guess what? Hill of Calvary, it's already been done. Already been paid for. We have the high ground. So we fight from victory, even in spiritual battles. Our church's, um, Chip Ingram shares a quote in his book, um, The Invisible War. He says, our church's families and relationships lack something if we miss this is we must allow God's power to win through our relationship with him. So the stronger we are in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, the closer we stand with him, the stronger we will be through his power. Which, by the way, if you need a good reference book for spiritual warfare, um, this book, The Invisible War, great reference. I encourage you to go out and get it. Um, Great help. So... But we have seen how to fight. We need to fight in the strength of his might. And just really briefly, I want to talk about, there's, there's a couple ways we can fight wrong, okay? In Acts 19, I'm not going to go there, I just want to paraphrase it. Paul is in Ephesus, and he's sharing the gospel. And extraordinary power is happening in and through him. Through the work of his hands, people are being healed. Demons are actually being cast out of people. But then there's, it says there are these seven sons of Sceva. Um, okay, these seven Jewish sons, and they go out and they see Paul's power, and they're like, yeah, I want a piece of that. I'm going to try that out. And so they go to a demon-possessed man's house, and they say, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. They don't even claim that they believe in Jesus. They just say, I'm just going to try saying Jesus' name and see what happens. Try and have power over this demon. And it says that the demon replied and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man with the evil spirit says that he mastered all of them, overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Went on ninja on them. Now, I don't say, by the way, the Bible is exciting, isn't it? It's just an exciting, it's great. But the Bible is, this is, this is not to like, 
um, cripple us to do battle. This is for us to understand. Spiritual battle is not a game. It's, it's, this isn't something that, some spell that we can pronounce to like subdue Satan or anything like that. This is not something we can do on our own. And also, side note, we're not given the command to go and attack Satan ever. Okay? Let's, let's address that right now. What's the greatest commission? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That is our commission. That is our call. That is how we do battle with the enemy is we go and we rescue people from his domain. It is a power that is not ours. It is the Lord's. 1 John 4.4 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That being Satan. So he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we see these seven sons of Sceva. They didn't believe in Jesus' name. They didn't understand his power that was given for them. But Paul did. And Paul's sharing with us how we can defend ourselves from these attacks. And that is first, to be strong in the Lord. And the second command he gives us is this, is to command to suit up, suit up time. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, let's think about this, okay? As a soldier, if there's a soldier out there and he's deployed and he's on the front and he's out in his platoon or with his unit, he's out making rounds, they're out doing their job, protecting and providing aid. Okay, so if they're out doing that, what if after a week's period of time that soldier decides, hey, this helmet, you know, this chin strap is chafing my chin. You know, and the, the helmet needs to come off. It's giving me, like, helmet hair, and it's really annoying. It's like all this gear that I'm wearing, it's super heavy. In this climate, it's super hot. Okay, so, like, let's just go with, like, a T-shirt and shorts, okay? I haven't been shot at in a week, so we're good, right? And, like, this, you know, the gun, I have to take it and clean it every day because sand's getting in there. So what if I just leave, leave all of it back at camp? I can go get it. What would you say, how, how effective is that soldier going to be when something comes? Come on. Not real effective. How alive is that a soldier going to be if the attack comes? Not real alive. Not doing so hot. Okay? That is what Paul is saying here. He's saying for us, if we are in this battle, if we believe this, then we need to own up to this suit of armor that God has given to us. We are to put it on all the time and all of it. And Paul's saying this is a lifestyle, um, and it's something we're going to observe in the weeks to come, and we can't really get into all of those details, but it's a lifestyle to put on regularly, continually, repeatedly, and even daily. We see Peter share about this provision that God has given to us and his protection. He says in 2 Peter 1.3, he says, His divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. See, what I love about this church is that we are not helpless. We are not set on the side just to get attacked and be helpless. We have a protection that he has provided, and it says his divine power has provided us this protection that we can put on. And we'll learn more about this later, but I, I want to encourage us maybe... Um, you know, we have this opportunity to look at God's word, but you know what? Satan hates scripture, and he actually can't stand scripture. He has to actually run 
at the utterance of Scripture. We see it in how Satan attacked Jesus when he was fasting in the wilderness. He cannot stand Scripture. And so I want to encourage us, if you, if you are ready to stop losing to Satan or to the demons or to evil forces, spiritual realm, then let's, let's put on Scripture. I encourage you, memorize this, these portions of Scripture that we're studying over these next several weeks. Eleven verses that are powerful and that can do our heart great good and do the battle for us. So I encourage you, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, put that on your calendar as something to do. Put you on your to-do list. Have that be part of your routine to put on the armor of God. Because we must recognize that this is indeed a battleground and not a playground. And then Paul gives several reasons why we need to follow these commands. He says that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Listen, the devil is real. But I want you to recognize something. He is a created being. He was once one of the highest of angels that God created, but then he fell in his pride, wanting to be like God, and became in a constant rebellion. And it said that he also took a portion of the angels with him, and those are those satanic, demonic forces that we cannot see but are ever-present. So here's something we need to understand about Satan's schemes. They're threefold, okay? And this helps understand knowing our enemy. What that E2 is able to do is he's able to see ahead and see how we are going to be attacked. And here's one, here's just three ways that he does so. It says that he seeks to destroy God's people. He seeks to deceive the world. And he seeks to discredit the cause of Christ. Destroy, deceive, discredit. And we understand when we read scripture, and in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, we understand we can't, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's something called we are sealed by that Holy Spirit. He is caused to dwell within us. And so that means that he cannot steal our soul. You know what? He can destroy our joy, right? He can destroy even, attempt to destroy our lives by causing us with extreme depression or anxiety. He can try and deceive us by attacking our worldviews or, or, or our thinking of truth and what that is. He can, he can try and discredit us of being good testimonies. In 1 Peter 5.8, Peter says, he says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I, I bring this verse up with youth group um, several times throughout the course of the year, and I always ask them, it's like, if... If a lion were to just show up in this room right now, say he comes through that door. Sorry, Ben. If the lion comes through this door right over here, what are we all doing? We're all running and screaming. Yeah, when I ask this to youth group, you know what they say? Not be the slowest person in the room. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good job. Sacrificial. No, they're a great group of kids. They're awesome. I love them. Um, but yeah, we're, all of us are pretty much running out of here. I know a few of you are going to go after the beast. Thank you for that, okay? But a lion shows up. We don't typically, you know, if a cat walks out, we're, we're distracted, okay? A cat just walked out. A little cat, you know, a house cat just walked out, and you know, we're distracted. But a big cat? Yeah. Why? Because the big cat is, the lion is known for being destructive, for being one that is powerful. 
We need to recognize Satan not as this little devil on our shoulder, but one that is powerful. So we need to recognize who he is. Chip, in, in that book, he shares this as well. His studies on, on spiritual warfare, this is what he shares about Satan and his schemes. He says, Satan and his forces have a plan to terrorize your soul, to render you impotent as a believer, to make you worthless to the cause of Christ, and to make your life one of misery and spiritual defeat. You know, a lot of times we think the works of Satan and evil forces are in this paranormal, where it's like there's really weird things happening to people, and they're seeing ghosts and seeing stuff like that. It's, it's not as much that. Satan uses something simple as unforgiveness and bitterness and sin within the heart, something that causes us to turn inward. He attacks us in very subtle ways. And he uses this to break up what God loves, to break up marriages. He uses this to break up and try and split up the church. He uses this to try and attack our testimony. I say this too, as evil loves to take headshots. They aim between the ears and they they attack our mind. This past year, I was actually sharing the same passage with youth group um, this fall. We were going through the book of Ephesians, and it came to this, and I started studying it out more. And I've, you know, growing up in church, I, you know, heard about the armor of God a lot. And as I was studying it out more, I was realizing just how um, ignorant I was to the spiritual warfare that was going on, even within my own life. And I shared some of this stuff with the teens, and I want to share some with you. But I can look back over this past year, and I can see two instances where myself and my family were under attack. Now, I can't get into detail as far as, like, what it was and how it happened, but I will share this. They were two very personal attacks on my home and on my family. But they used, the evil forces used these very physical attacks, something that I had just thought were just trials, you know, in my life, just bad things that happen, okay, live with them. But it was using these moments to attack my mind, to attack my heart, to feed me lies, and I wasn't prepared as I wanted to be. The first one, also interestingly enough, both of these attacks came at really critical moments in last year. One of them came right before our back-to-school pizza party, where we're getting the teens together to invite their friends, and we have this opportunity to share the gospel. Interestingly enough that this attack would come just a few weeks you know, before the back-to-school pizza party. And then as I was studying this and I was becoming more prepared and and learning how I needed to pray through the armor of God and how I need to put on this armor, I was much more prepared for the second one, which came literally the week I was preaching last, like so December 19th, the week before that. And it's just like, you just kind of have to almost, we were almost laughing. It's just like, this is impossible, the timing of this. This could have happened at any other time, but it happened now. And it was all for the means to discredit or discourage and to deceive me or my family to believing a lie and to being discouraged and to being defeated. But church, can I share something with you? Yeah, thank you. These verses are the focal point to bring us back to truth, to hold our ground in any attack, any attack. 
James 4, 7, and 8, which also were very close to my heart during this time of attack, says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. These verses are a hope, and they are a healing still to my soul today. And I want to share them with you, and I hope they are to you as well. Because fact is, we are going to get attacked. We need to be aware of that. We need to depend on God's strength, and we need to use God's protection that he has given to us. And lastly, he wraps up in verse 12. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And let me just quickly wrap up with this. So we do not wrestle with people. That's what he's saying. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. Unless, unless of course, you are a wrestler, okay? Like, do that for school or do that for fun. Unless you're really a wrestler, that's, that's different. But, like, our fight, this opens my mind to a lot of things, too. We've seen a lot of people fighting, haven't we? A lot of arguments, a lot of disagreements, things that just aren't going to be fixed by verbal disputes. And we've seen a lot of physical violence. But can I share something with you? These are just symptoms of two things, symptoms of sin, okay, in the hearts of humanity, okay, and in our own hearts as well, if we can be honest. But this is also spiritual warfare. The spiritual warfare, the evil forces, they love to use sin, unconfessed sin, whether in the lives of other people or in the church, to go about their plan. Problems with a spouse, a child, a boss, a teacher, a classmate, policies, illness, circumstances, all of these are symptoms. But I don't want to say that every single flat tire or, you know, whatever is is the cause of a demon. That's going too far. We're giving too much credit to the enemy, okay? Because it's not always that. I mean, if your engine blows up, right, it might be because um, we forgot to check the oil in 10,000 miles. You know, it's some ownership has definitely got to come back on us. But Satan and his forces, they love to use anything to distract us, to try to destroy us or deceive us or discredit us. And this is who we wrestle up against. And I think we've got that point. And so when we have those conflicts with people, Don't call them a a demon, okay? But how about we have some compassion and show some love towards them and even pray for them because if they don't have Christ, there's no control over that. We wrestle more with these spiritual forces that are all around us, which I want to bring us back to this one thing. We need to remember this, is that we don't fight for victory because we fight from the victory. Which, interesting enough, we're in Ephesians 6, which is the end. But Ephesians 1, let me just read this over you. Okay, This is how he starts off this chapter. He says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. Check this out. Far above all rule, and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. We cannot measure the great power that has been allotted to us 
the victory that has already been given to us through Jesus, through the cross, through the empty grave. It's interesting that that's how he starts out Ephesians, right? And he ends with the spiritual battles that we will face. He wants us to remember we have the victory. Let us own it. Let us come and receive it. Maybe you're here today and this is news to you. Maybe you feel that you are being beat up a lot more than you are being a victor. And one question I would like to ask is, do you know Jesus? This is about believing in Jesus. That is how we are free from sin, free from being um, losing in this battle. Do you have Jesus? And if you don't, I, want to, I encourage you, come and talk with me afterwards. I would love to share with you more about that. Um, but you can receive that free gift of Jesus Christ today. And you can become a winner and on the winning team and be victorious over these battles. Because the God who is powerful enough to raise from the dead is powerful enough to be able to provide for his promises that he shared. In John 3.16, this is Jesus. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And if you want that power, if you want that promise, then you can come and talk to me after service. We'd love to talk with you more. But there's a lot here, a lot about spiritual warfare, and we're going to dive into that deeper in future um, and learn more about these different armors that we can put on to defend ourselves and, and be victorious. So I encourage you guys, keep coming back. Um, but we're going to land that E2 Hawkeye, okay? We've seen a lot today. We've seen a lot of different attacks today and how they, they can come at us. But we've also seen something else. We've seen our fleet. We've seen the power of God and how it's present and it's active. And it's greater than anything that's coming at us. So I want to challenge us with these conclusions as we wrap up. Is that this, first, we need to be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Not trying to be all gusto and do it ourselves, but be strong in what God has given to us. We need to memorize scripture. We need to have those scriptures on our hearts so that when we feel attacked, when we feel the anxiety, when we feel the depression and the lies coming, we can speak truth to those attacks. We need to practice putting on the full armor of God, praying through the armor of God regularly, bringing those up and owning those, those armors that we have and living victoriously in them. And we need to remember that we um, wrestle with the right foe. You might have heard this before, but we need to attack the problem and not the person. A lot of times we think that problem is the person, but it's the sin or it's the spiritual warfare that they're losing that we need to be a, a part of that attack the right thing, not the person but the problem. And lastly, we need to just claim that victory that Jesus has for us and that we have in the Lord. So church, as we look more into the armor of God and how we can protect ourselves from the many different attacks we will face. Let's pray over our year and over this time as we close out this service. God, I lift up our church to you and I lift up this opportunity that we have to indeed do battle, to indeed not walk around and, and act like this is a playground and just wait for things to get better. Lord, I pray that we would be a part of the solution and that we would own the victory that we have in you. You have given us so much. 
And so, God, I pray and I echo the prayer of Paul to this church. In Ephesians 3, 20, 21, he says, Now to him who is able to do far above abundantly than we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.